The following Pindrop Audiobook Theater Company selection is Walter's Reason, written and directed by Kate McClanahan. The role of Walter is played by Aaron Johnson, the young woman played by Jamie Blythe, and the role of the narrator by Kate McClanahan. This production was recorded and produced at Big House Casting and Audio in Chicago by John Monteverdi, Maya Cooper, and Mark Cartwright. For this and additional Pin Drop podcasts, visit www.pindropaudiobook.com. Pin Drop, an audio theater company creating productions as vast as your imagination and as portable as a thought. And now, Walter's Reason. Walter Savage was the scholarly sort, the sort who preferred books to people. Walter had not moved from his Boston flat since beginning grad school, and his thesis was still a work in progress. He was well-educated, needed little, and was comfortably at home in his four-room confines. Although, only recently, had he the straying thoughts of women. Or was it one woman? Yes, companionship of one solitary woman. The thought first came to him for a split second in the late afternoon coming in from the store with a quart of beer. The fleeting sensation of one single sort of woman. Hmm, how odd. Walter reasoned. I'm content. I'm long past simple flirtations and lusts. After all, I'm 30. Walter stopped. No, I'm 40. God, I haven't celebrated a birthday in so long. I'm 47. He strained. That's it? I'm 47. I must be 47. It had to be five years since I stopped by the lion for a pint? Yes, I was 42 then, so I must be 47 now. Walter felt sweat beat up on his palms and temples. He hadn't felt lonely before. I hadn't felt lonely before. Why should he start now? Why should I start now? He dismissed these ideas and blamed them on overworking his cerebral capacities. Without thought... He pondered boastfully... I would be a lesser animal. He entered the kitchen with this sole thought, set the bottle of beer on the table, and reached for a tall glass from the shelf above. He stopped for a moment, thinking someone was in the other room. Suddenly... From his bedroom, he heard the distinct laugh of a young woman. It was very brief, but no less quite clear. He heard pure joy in her laughter, like an old familiar language that had died with true youth. Walter paused. Did he imagine it? Or was there really someone in his bedroom? He felt compelled to check. His room seemed the same as he had left it that morning and every morning. The same rumpled covers kicked to the foot of the bed. The same dust on the same old newspapers on his nightstand. The same hissing radiator, dripping a soft, slow beat in the corner of the room. Everything the same. He surmised he must have a new neighbor downstairs, whose laughter carried up through the pipes. Upon another glance at his bureau, he observed two things, or rather the lack of two things. Two impressions in the dust revealed the absence of his brush and leather box. Glancing down, he noticed them set neatly on the end of his bed. Walter Savage could not recall touching his brush or leather box, or so much as paying them any attention at all, 
since he had placed them there on his dresser years ago. It was clear no one was in his tiny four-room flat, and for the first time, Walter was frightened for his own sanity, although he didn't like admitting it to himself. Walter eventually realized just how dark it had gotten outside. Snow piled against his bedroom window a good six inches against the pane. How odd, Walter thought. It hadn't even begun to look like snow when I had gone for beer. He considered his work. I simply need to get out more often. He concluded. It's a rare man who has such deep thought. He figured great minds occasionally have such occurrences. After all, that's well known of Einstein and the like. Why not Walter Savage? After three tall glasses of beer, Walter felt strangely contented regarding the gentle laugh and the brush in the leather box. So much so, he stopped mid-sentence while reading what Leopold Bloom's limbs did encounter in Ulysses, just long enough to pride himself in his hypothesis. But had there actually been a woman? That is to say, in his own room, the thought lingered. If there really had been a woman from whom that laugh which he still so easily could recall. Did come. How fair she would be. He decided. Her voice was important. Deep, but distinctly womanlike, and full of fresh ideas. He should think. Full of existential ideas. He took for granted. But her body. What must her body be like? It had been so long, painfully long. It caused one eye to water from fatigue at how long it had been since he had left his breath on a woman's neck as she moved her head from one side to the next. He had found a new pastime. Creating Walter's ideal woman suddenly had more interest to him than anything else. Ulysses toppled to the floor alongside the couch. Her eyes must shine with reason. She would listen contentedly to his thoughts and think him clever and witty and superbly fascinating. He could picture her doing so. She loved everything about him. His philosophizing was impeccable, and she ought to know. She was well-read herself and opinionated in such a manner as to agree completely with his life's view. Her nearly transparent amber eyes would gleam approval at every utterance he had, and even those that went unspoken. She would think him perfect. And her body. Her body, Walter would oblige himself. Would contain an Aphrodite quality. She was truly striking. Even by today's standards. A classic beauty, Walter thought. To withstand time. Walter awoke the following morning, still sprawled out on the couch. He awoke with the notion that perhaps he might see her this morning. Mm, cooking breakfast, perhaps. He could nearly smell the eggs and toast as he made his way to the bathroom, still groggy with sleep. As he pushed through the bathroom door, he saw her pass toward the kitchen, for barely a heartbeat, she was there, in his peripheral vision, stepping out of the bathroom in perfect rhythm for him to enter, pulling her hair back and away as she walked. It was as if she were a muted being, so light and barely there. She must be made of mist. He was still not quite awake, still dreaming perhaps and wanting to remain with such a dream. It was comforting to him, reassuring. He stood over the sink. Running cold water. Hard and fast. Leaning over the basin, eyes closed. There were smells ranging from deodorant soap and toothpaste to... The distinct scent of perfume. 
which startled him fully awake. That's clearly a woman's perfume. I'm sure of it. It lingered and left him with the eerie notion that maybe... Now, this was a rather remarkable thought, but maybe... Walter Savage was being haunted. Could it be? He lived in this tiny postage stamp flat for so long. I've lived here for... For... Well, frankly, he can't quite put his finger on how long he's kept residence here. Could it be possible that a spirit could enter my home? And his thoughts? The way this one seems to have? And for Walter, being a devout atheist existentialist, it was deeply disturbing to even consider such a deviation of thought. I've spent entirely too much time indoors of late, and perhaps I could stand some female company, but considering... considering a... Haunting (laughs) was almost too comical for a man of his abilities to ponder any further. He shook his lowered head, smiled at his own nonsense, and rubbed some sleep from his eyes as he left the bathroom. He caught the smell of perfume once more, this time off the cuff of his shirt sleeve. As the scent dissipated, Walter found himself standing amid his living room's well-worn furniture, yet nothing was where it had been. The sofa, the chaise lounge, and the easy chair were now placed very deliberately in the center of the room, as if pushed out of the way. Since beginning grad school, Walter's furnished flat had remained as he had found it the day he had unlocked the door. For what must have been 23 years. Longer. Maybe even longer. Nothing had ever been moved. And now, the absence of heavy curtains tossed sunlight hard into the room. Walter felt his heart rise inside his throat, nodding there. The steady pulse beat in his temples. He turned away, blinking wildly, grasping toward the bathroom door. Could a spirit make you see things like this? He reached out, missing his first try for the doorframe, reaching for balance. A room can't hurt you. A room can't hurt you. He spun back quickly to face the room, only to find it now quiet and empty. Everything he had known as constant and familiar was gone. His bedroom, too, was empty, spotless, vacant, hollow. He wanted to weep, but couldn't. He wanted to wake up, but couldn't. Walter turned toward the bathroom, flung back the door, and pounced upon the basin, spinning both faucets like tops. He splashed his face once more, until things seemed to become naturally cluttered about him, though he was afraid to look. He opened his eyes slowly looking down, looking at the white bath mat in front of the pedestal tub. The pounding in his ears gave way gradually to the sounds of sizzles and sparks from the kitchen. And her. The old standard softened his heart just long enough to make him feel safe again. Walter's head hung over his chest when he eventually acknowledged it. He must have been staring at it for ten minutes, maybe, maybe longer, but there, on the white bath mat in front of the pedestal tub, was the imprint of her slender foot, still wet. Walter felt a grin grow on his face. Was she real? Walter Savage wasn't sure of anything anymore. He simply didn't know and abandoned himself to it. He heard keys fumble in the front door lock. He heard the lock turn and the door swing open. And then, 
Calling with a sweet, soft voice from the kitchen came. Oh, honey, did you get juice? I forgot to ask you to get juice. Walter flung open the bathroom door, only to reveal his Venus and her guest. The three met stunned and stopped in their tracks, a perfect triangle. She grasping her robe for modesty, through which her form was easily seen. He, her young husband, awkwardly unaware, clutching a paper sack of milk and juice and fruit. And Walter, opening slightly and slowly, like a wad of paper, crushed and released from the pressure of some great fist. Walter had one thought, and that was to flee but in doing so ran directly and completely through the young man standing between him and the front door. The paper bag of groceries dropped to the floor, spilling milk and juice and sending pears and peaches spinning out of season. That's him. I told you I saw a ghost, Michael. Walter Savage stopped at the front door, looking back at the couple, looking back at her, examining her face, her eyes for a reason but only briefly before vanishing. He had one thought, which he acquired while passing through Michael. He had never loved anyone as deeply as he had loved her. And at last, Walter Savage, in his own vicarious way, was satisfied. <laughs>